looks as if he kicked about three pounds of haggis that time because it hardly got off the ground. Three pounds of haggis. 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 Three pounds of haggis because it hardly got off the ground. Let's talk sport with Scott Brown and Nathan Snade. Moyen, Scott Brown here from Let's Talk Sport. I am privileged this evening to be joined by Anton Agassi once again, Ben Jarvis from the from Wales, but and Giorgio Marcellona from Italy. No, not at all. It's Jean Baptiste Ver. Um, obviously, we've got the uh, Six Nations ahead of us next week, so this will be a Six Nation themed show. This is show number one six five. You can catch up tomorrow from ten a.m. Um, or you can podcast it up later in the week on Spotify. As I said, it's show one six five Sunday, the twenty eighth of January. This is the home, the HQ of Let's Talk Sport. We've got a little bit from our guests. I've got two other guests coming. Coming in from the world of rugby in Peter Barton, current RCL captain, and RCL legend Eugene Gillespie. So we're going to get their input on what's going on in, uh, or what we're looking forward to in the Six Nations. Now, uh, gents, it's actually been ages. Jarvis, it's been ages since I've seen you, mate. It's a great, great to see you. Congratulations. You've obviously got a little one. Congratulations to you and uh, you and Lana. Um, you know, and uh, I suppose this is acting as a prompt for anybody who's sort of forgotten about you. I'm sure you get a few messages after this, you know, people remembering that. Ben, um, 20 seconds, how'd you end up in Luxembourg and uh, why are you in my studio this evening? Uh, like many other people, finance job brought me to Luxembourg. Uh, stayed because I fell in love with the country. I'm a Luxembourger now as well and have a little mini four-week-old Luxembourger as well. Um, we met playing rugby. Good times that first year, wasn't it? It was good times. Uh, many away bus trips to to Germany. Let's not divulge too much information, mate. Okay, um, but you've you've obviously you've you've hung up the boots now. I have indeed. Yeah, too many injuries. Yeah, body couldn't do it anymore. I hear you. I hear you. And uh, diehard Wales supporter, so we'll obviously hear a little bit about this now. Uh, Jean Baptiste Ver. Ciao. Ciao. Uh, you don't have to put on the French accent for this. Uh, JB, we we've we've known each other for quite a long time now, but you obviously we played a bit of. A rugby together, but how did you end up in uh, in Luxembourg originally? Uh, like Ben, uh, finance job first, and then we met on the rugby pitch. Then good times, lots of Twazzy and me tomps to talk about. We're not going to get into that tonight, gents. Uh, we'll we'll obviously uh, get into the Six Nations and what's going on. Anton, good to see you as well. You've got your new RoboCop yep. knee there. I'm up and moving. How's now. rehab going at the it's moment? It's going great. I'm feeling amazing. I'll be back before you know it. Happy days. Well, you'll be sorely missed until then, mate. Um, as always, we start things off. This is show number one six five. So I've got a few interesting uh, stats for you uh, Alexander Kolarov joined Manchester United in July 2010 and he went on to make yes you guessed it 165 appearances for Man City you cannot check out in a game of darts when you are stuck on 165 there is actually a race in Scotland JB this will be right up your street it's 165 kilometres it takes three days you're into your endurance stuff like that actually I know we're talking about rugby but we'll have to get you back on to talk about that crazy bike race you did before yeah, please do. so what was that race called again race across France race across France and it is literally like 
the Tour de France, but for like amateurs, is that would that be the right way yeah, to put kind it? Of, I mean, it's more like uh, ultra ultra cyclism, ultra endurance, two point six thousand kilometers. If you don't, if you want to stop to sleep, you can. If you don't want, it's your choice. Casual, casual, two point two thousand six hundred kilometers. Jarvis, you used to be back into your cycling back in the day. Remember when we lived together? Your bike used to sit down the dungeon and never yeah. got used, did it? I've done, probably done f- a few less than that kilometers in my lifetime i'd say fair enough fair Just enough um another one on the number of 165 a few professional rugby players out there whose max bench press is 165 kilos it's a chap called ben funnel who is a hooker for the crusaders and a chap called pierre spies who used to play for south africa played against the lions as well right. 165 centimeters is five foot five we're all a little bit taller than that but on this day in sport, ah, there's not a huge amount out there. I think the big one, looking at it, um, this was when um, Lego was actually patented. So there you go. There's a bit of pub quiz knowledge there for you. Um, and in 1970, Dean Headley, this is his birthday. He's an English cricketer. Uh, 15 tests, 60 wickets. I mean, not a huge test career, but he's the first ever person um, to play uh, cricket is a I don't know how you explain this but basically he played his dad played and his granddad all played for England that's quite a cool uh, quite a cool stat to play but yes gents we are here to talk about rugby this evening I mean JB France were meant to win the World Cup um, uh, you know and that obviously didn't happen Jarvis like Wales it's like the Wild West out there at the moment isn't it so I guess the the real big point to start with is the the Reece Samet thing him obviously jumping ship and going to uh yeah to the NFL to be honest I, I think it's good for rugby um like I, for him got to credit him following his dream he's always wanted to play in the NFL his dad played American football um so he's had a passion from a young age about it and I oh, think, so there is a bit more to it yeah than there that, is though. totally and yeah. I think look he, you know, he's he's been pretty open about it. He said, "Look, he's going to go try and make it. It's tough competition. There's some phenomenal athletes out there in the US, and even in the international player pathway that he's gone into, you've got some incredible athletes, sprinters, people who have sort of mastered their own sports, who also going in to try and make it in the NFL, and it's hard to crack." So he said, "Look, if it doesn't work out, he'll come back into." Well, that's years. the thing. He's what? He's what? Twenty-two. Exactly. I mean, and I mean, at the minute, he's sort of nailed on in in yeah. Wales. He's sort of twenty-three. So. Um, it's also for him, it's probably nice to go out and challenge himself. Like some people might go to France or Japan or wherever he's gone. You know what? I really like NFL. Someone's approached me, yeah. you know, I'm going to give it a crack. And like you said, there's nothing to stop him doing it if he works hard enough and, and, and does the right things. And like you say, if it doesn't work out, two years time, he's what, 24? He's learned a few more skills and then he's back in the world squad, to be honest. I don't want to be a cynic, but, you know, it is one of those things where even if it does go tits up, it will boost the profile of oh, yeah, the NFL sure. more than anything, you know, because you're going to get people who want to watch well, someone like I've, him. I've already seen, I've already, you know, there's all these, like, Americans react to rugby for the first time. There's already Americans reacting to Reece Zammett, American that would never know who he is, where he's from, where Wales is. And now they know Reese Zammett and they know Wales. Wales, so, England. Yeah, no, it can't, it can't, uh, can't really hurt the sport. JB, on the flip side, uh, obviously well documented about Mr. Dupont. He's uh, obviously gone over and is well, is playing a bit of sevens. What's going on there? Because again, I was under the impression that he was training with sevens full time, but that, that's not the case at all. I think it has been a hard negotiation between uh, Stade Toulousain, so his club, uh, the French Federation, and himself to decide uh, if he will or not uh, be part of the squad for the Olympics. Actually, he's, uh, 
Yeah, they find an agreement, apparently, because a lot of money on the table, because Tatulzan doesn't want to pay him once he's playing uh, uh, sevens uh, for the Olympics. So they find, uh, they find apparently a good deal. Uh, so he trained last week with the with the seven squad. Uh, he played for Toulouse tonight, and obviously he will uh, he will skip the, the Six Nations this year. I think it's great for for uh, for France, great for rugby in France, especially because he's a big superstar now in, in France. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Follow this. I think as well for him personally as well. If you think about what he's done in the last sort of three four years, bar winning a World Cup, he's one Grand Slam he's player actually, of the year the Six Nations well, he's played actually, World Player of the Year there's only one other he's won Player of the Year in the Six Nations Player of the Six Nations uh, he's won it three times there's only yeah. one other player who's ever done that do you know who it is bit of trivia for you Ooh. is it Brian O'Driscoll. Yeah, Brian O'Driscoll. Yeah. yeah, so you know you're putting you're putting him up in up in up in that bracket. Um, I mean, he's class to watch. Anytime he gets the ball, you're you're on the edge of your the edge of your seat. So Ben, big reform. You know, it's a big clear out with the Welsh squad. I bet Warren Gatlin must sit there and be like, "What is he doing back there?" Because I mean, you hear the stories about like they were were they actually going to go on strike before the England game? Because I think it's one of those things. It's more of a. I think they were a, like they they didn't want to get to that point, but they I mean they targeted the England game because it was. Well, it was in Wales, or wait, where was it? Either way, it was their biggest sellout yeah, um, yeah. Uh, fixture. Yeah, and exactly, yeah, if they didn't play, then yeah, yeah it would be um, an absolute shit show in Wales. So they, they used that very effectively. I don't think they wanted to. You could tell that the players didn't want to, to go on strike. Obviously, they want to play, they love playing, but um, I think they would have. But think. there's, I was reading something about the contracts when they sign their contracts. It's not like you're guaranteed 100% of your pay. You're That's only. Right. So like, I mean, why would you? That was I don't one of understand. The big disputes though. So, so at the time before they threatened the strike action, the contract that was on the table was half of it, or a, at least a portion of it, is performance based. So, unless you win games, and I mean, you look at the state of Welsh rugby, yeah. you ain't going to win many games. So, you probably that contract might be hundred grand, but you probably only see seventy of it, or whatever that might be. So, that was one of the biggest wins they got from the strike threat was flexibility to say another contract will be on the table with a guaranteed amount. None of it will be performance-based, but it obviously it's a lower figure than the performance-based contracts. Was it also the fact as well that I think the, there were some of them that weren't getting contract renewals? So they Correct. were getting to, what, halfway through end of the season, they're like, well, I don't know what I'm doing next year. I've got no security. You can't you can't live and work like no, this. Not at all. Where you've got families and whatnot and, and you have no idea if you're going to get a professional contract the, the next year. I mean, look, that's that's all last year. I don't really care about that. Who, who's... Is there anybody to watch out for in this uh, in this squad then? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm also a Cardiff fan, so I'm going to give you probably the rundown on the Cardiff <laughs> more than I am. The, the broader Welsh... I mean, I talk about the broader Welsh squad as well, but I mean, like you say, there's a couple of good fresh faces in there. I mean, we talk about four-year cycles. It's not as if we had much of a choice with some of the big names leaving. Um, well, that's but, loads when you think, like, big names. Tipperick's like, gone, Wynne Jones has gone, George North has gone, Dan, Dan Bigger's Dan gone. gone. Yeah. Uh, Liam Williams has gone, Halfpenny's gone, Askham's gone. So you, you've lost... You know, you know, most of your household yeah. names. But yeah, some young ones to watch out for. Alex Mann, uh, plays six. Um, fantastic player. He was captain of the under-20s last year in the Six Nations. Standout player. Playing excellently in the URC this year. I think he's got highest tackles in the URC so far this year. Um, definitely a player to watch out for. Young guy. 
Um, obviously, you got Dyer on one of the wings. Plays for heavy the for a back, you know. <laughs> heavy for a back. Uh, some player as well, so definitely one to watch out for. And then as the, as the the, uh, the Six Nations goes on, there's a young guy called Cam Winnett. Plays 15 for Cardiff. Um, again, he's a standout player this year for Cardiff. And uh, he's got a bit of an injury, so he'll miss the first two games. But certainly the th- last three games, one to watch out for. What's the thoughts on uh, Ellis Jenkins being named captain? Obviously, Jack Morgan's out with with injury, and I would assume he would have been captain. But um, in Daft. his absence, they've um, they've gone with Daft Jenkins. Yeah, sorry, yeah, Daft, Daft, Daft Jenkins. Yes. Oh, look, I think um, it's well known, isn't it? How well Daft has sort of like like how well regarded he is by Exeter. Yeah. Um, young. He's only. He's I think twenty one. He was he was nineteen years old when he was captain of Exeter in the Prem. Yeah. I think it's the youngest captain in English Premiership. Um, history, so or at least definitely for Exeter. Um, so he's a fantastic player. I mean, you've heard quotes in the media maybe about liking him or like comparing him to Alouin Jones, sort of saying he could be the next sort of superstar for the next at least decade of Welsh rugby. I, I, I mean, he's definitely a good player. Now, if I was looking a bit sceptically, if we had some of those household names still here, would he be the captain of Wales? Yeah. Probably not. If we had Jack Morgan still fit, I think he probably would be would be the captain still. But you've still got some big name players in there, like yep. George North, Gareth Davis. Is there is George North so, still playing? Yeah, he's in the squad, mate. Even though he's in playing pro two, yeah, he's, he's playing two in front. Um, same but, same weight as I am. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously. <laughs> But yeah, no, it's like you say, um, it's a it's a, a leap of faith from uh, from Gatland to give it to him. But I mean, he, he seems to be doing a, a good job down at Exeter, so why not? And uh, JB, what what any any uh, new faces coming into the the French squad? Were there quite a few re- guys retired after the World Cup? Not so much, actually. I mean, we had a pretty young squad. Uh, I think what's going to be interesting is uh, leave without Dupont. Uh, so it's going to be nine ten from Bordeaux with uh, Lucu and uh, Jalibert. Mm. Uh, so it's gonna, and we used to have the nine ten from Toulouse with. Uh, Where's in, is Intermac back? back? Is he is he back. far he's away? Yeah, uh, he just he did not uh, play yet since his knee injury. Would France have won the World Cup if he'd have been playing? I'm not sure. Very good. Um, I mean, that is very France that you can lose a player like Entermac and you still just have like a world class ten just there. Like, I mean, everyone was like, "Oh, Entermac's gone," and now we have to play Jalibert, and then everyone was like, "Oh my god, Jalibert's quite good at this rugby stuff." It's not as good as Entermac, though. Um, wow. I mean, it doesn't doesn't. It's, it's a tough start. Obviously, Ireland have to go to France. Um, say, which yeah, is something com- really new for for the yeah. French team. It won't be in Paris; it will be in Marseille because we Stade de France is getting ready for the Olympics. Yeah. So all none of the games will yeah, be in all, Paris. All, all three are in different locations. Um, so first game in Marseille. It's most of the time France play quite well in Marseille. So and what about what about Tuolangi? You seen him? You seen the videos? Oh, oh the, yeah. the cousin, oh, yeah, yeah, the, cousin. the Pasolo, second row. Pasolo, I mean, he's not yeah. new for us because he already like yeah, uh, take a lot. I mean, of this is going to be his, his, uh, under, his under twenty. Right? Yeah. He's not part of the group. He's not. No, no, no. He has been called just to do the numbers this week. Uh, he's I think part they, of Perpignan uh, squads, uh, but uh, yeah, he will. Uh, the big boy, huh? Did they not train <laughs> against the? They trained against the under twenties. I think um, I saw on the Instagram this week that they had a bit of a, a runabout against the under twenties team. Which uh, looks, and I think he was so. Um, Pasolo Tulang, he's there. I think he's still in the end. What's his name? Pasolo, I think. I think I'm not sure, but anyway, he's big. He's heavy. I still reckon he could lose five. You won't tell him that. You won't tell him that. And, and then maybe play number eight because he's a lock that can't jump at the minute, which is always a it's bit. Why? Because he's too heavy to lift, is he? Like, he's 150 kg. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, but um, you're not blamed you for remember, France, do you, mate. Do you remember that one? Um, I don't know if you, you, you... I think you were still playing and you came into one of the trainings. Didn't you? You trained with us, with the national was, team. Yeah. And you were going through the line outs and, and didn't I think John turned around to you and said, Yeah, those days of non jumping second rows are gone, Jarvis, you need to, you need I, to mean, jump. I could jump just where the people could lift me. Yeah, didn't show. you play number eight as well? I also Oh please don't start this. <laughs> I've also played twelve runs. Yeah, right? My point is uh, me and in solo in he, the sense He's a great ball carry, he's very effective, right? But I think lose five, maybe ten kilos, he'd be a bit more agile and then could play number eight. Um, and I think on that as, as well, he'd be able to touch the ball a bit more. Yeah, but you've got the you know one of the best right. players in the world, Gregory Aldrich, playing. Did you at see? Eight, sorry, did you see the video? The uh, French squad they had about like um, like all the Tonga, the Islanders making like the um, what's that when they do the big roast pig things? The um, in like where they do it like uh, a big fire, like a, b- a barbecue, isn't it? <laughs> no, but they do it. They do it. They do it. <laughs> I'm sure that's another term they it, for it. They, but they, forgive my they, ignorance, but they do a proper thing i'm sure eugene will know the name of it um and anyway it was like basically all the islanders in the team and they're all massive i think uh henry tualangi was also there and and all that and then there was just like cyril by i was like why why is cyril by with all these like islanders and my mate said oh, there was probably a, a a minimum weight limit of like 130 kilos and he just snuck in there but yeah no um yeah france have definitely got some scary units in the, in the squad some big sure. boys running around there and i mean is it obviously the the world cup you know it was amazing to watch it all um you know and it, it didn't it didn't go go the way it was planned is it are they are they just moved on from it or is it still a bit i think we're going to have the answer on uh, on friday next friday uh some some changes in the in the squad as well the coaches uh, yeah. some left to for stade francais uh some saw some new faces in the in in the culture on the coach side so i mean controversial northern hemisphere view but i mean on friday night this is probably the the world cup final that should have been isn't it you, you know you can't go wrong with that i mean ireland are will be no doubt be good under farrell but they will be a different beast without johnny sexton running the show I mean no disrespect to whoever they're going to put in there Crowley, it could be Crawley Crowley is it yeah. or it could be one of the burn boys from Leinster but they're just not I mean it's very difficult to uh, to, to live up to that so that'll be interesting to see I'm not going to say a bad word about Ireland at the moment because my old man won't talk to me right gents just really quickly we're going to get your predictions what your how you think the Six Nations is going to finish up in terms of teams then I'm going to kick you out we'll get our other two guests in for a little bit and then we'll have a real big uh, bagarre as they say towards the end of the the end of the show so JB who's going to win the uh, the Six Nations then yeah France okay who's coming second Mm. Ireland. Ireland. Boo. Conservative. Third. <laughs> Scotland. This is awful, this is. Yeah. Next one. You can't say England last. <laughs> England. Uh, yeah. Isn't Wales. this how it finished last time? It, Italy or Wales last? Wales. Italy. Wales. Italy last. And then Italy. I think that's so exactly, Italy, that's exactly Italy how in, it Italy Georgia. searching oh, for no. that um, 19th wooden spoon, you know. But uh, yeah, Ben, what about yourself? here's hoping they get it rather than we get it <laughs> uh, yeah look I mean look Wales going to win heart, it heart says Wales will Grand win Slam it, <laughs> brain says probably not doesn't it I mean look I mean doing my best impression but, but, I think over the, over the last 10-15 years Wales won the most Grand Slams out of anybody yeah, I think so. joint with uh, with Ireland isn't no it? no it's Wales Wales won four three. Wales won the most three Grand Slams four, 2005 four, 2009 2012 
13 was a win of the tournament, but not a Grand Slam. Ah, I stand correct. Sorry. Yeah. Grand Slam for France as well this year. Yeah. It's, oh. It's a good year for us. Yeah. Away in Cardiff, you reckon? Yeah, exactly. It's just to be tough. <laughs> five, <laughs> no, five, five, point, five points. Five points. <laughs> um, yeah, Ben, go on. What, yeah, what's your order? Okay. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with the head, shall I? So I think, yeah, it's probably between France and Ireland, isn't it? I think the fact, fact it's in France, going to have to go with France. Yeah. Uh, but you'll lose in Cardiff, so we'll not say no Grand Slam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then I'll say, yeah, it probably will be Ireland, won't it? Um, <sighs> do you know what? You know, it, look, I'll say this. If if Wales can show up and beat Scotland this coming up weekend, we can go to Twickenham with a win and I can see us beating England. But if we don't win, I'm not sure we've got much chance of beating England. So again, going ahead, I'll have to say England will come third. Um, because I do think they've got a really good team. And if you look at some of how those players are playing in the Prem at the moment, they've got a great team. Then probably, oh, I don't want to say it, but probably Scotland, <laughs> then Wales, <laughs> then Italy. I got at least, I, I hope and pray that we can at least beat Italy. So you reckon no Grand Slam for France then? Oh, yeah, I was half joking, but yeah, let's let's say no Grand Slam for France. Right, good Make stuff. Interesting. Oh, very interesting. Well, I'm looking forward to. Um, Okay, I'm just going to put on some music whilst I kick around. Yeah, what am I going to put on? Oh, here we go. Absolute banger. See if you recognise this one. And then we go that one. Whoa, what a fade in there. We'll be back after this music. Just going to go and get our other guests. Cheers. can go your own way okay you've heard it here listening to classics if you've got any requests put them on i you know, send them over i probably won't put them on okay we were very lucky there to have uh, jean-baptiste Ver and ben jarvis representing france and Ireland. we've got their predictions now i'm very happy to announce that i've got eugene gillespie supporting angleterre and i've got big peter barton who is supporting ireland gents not your first time in this show eugene what have you been up to in the last year then because that's the last time you were in actually wasn't yeah, it it's been a whole year time flies when you're having fun uh trying to get as much rugby in uh, as possible running a couple of marathons and uh just trying to say uh, well, the day's work mate fair play to you what about yourself pete a lot's happened in the last year hasn't it yeah yeah um had a wedding Hi-oh. <laughs> there we go. 
Yeah, good man. Congratulations on that. Thank you, thank you. Um, no, but boys, I can say it now, but geez, rugby's a state out here, isn't it? At the moment, nothing happening um, out here at the moment. Just it's getting um, all the friendlies in. Get this, get yeah, this no such thing as a friendly, though, is there, you know? Oh, no. uh, boys, we'll cut right to the chase. Uh, Pete, um, actually, so Jarvis made a great point. Um, the opening match of the Six Nations this year is France and Ireland, and us from the Northern Hemisphere, I think, would have happily uh, seen that as the World Cup final um, a few months ago, but, you know, not to be for whatever reason. So, um, Pete, big, big, uh, big, big game to start off with, having to go to France. It's not in Stade de France, though. It's in Marseille because they're redoing the, as, as JB said, they're redoing the stadium. So have you had a look at the squad? I mean, is there anybody to look out for? Or uh, Yeah, that's it. It's um, it's obviously the probably the hardest game of the tournament. Uh France at home, never going to be easy. Um, from an Irish point of view, players to look out for. Um, I think you've got Jack Crowley. I think he'll start 10. Yeah. Um, obviously, with Sexton retiring, it kind of poses a new challenge. Trying to build a team around a young pup who's only had a handful of caps. Yeah. Uh, Bundiaki obviously had a stormer at the World Cup. Could have easily got World Player of the Year. For yeah, 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 absolutely. Absolutely. Um, always nice to have a 125 kilo centre to dump the ball off to if yeah. you're in trouble. So. Uh, I can. Um, you can also can. kick and pass quite well as well, to be don't fair. I don't think yeah, he can yeah. kick I, that he, well, he to actually be honest. Is not, he's not bad. He's not a bad player, but I wouldn't say he's a kicker. Um, the 10 one's interesting because you've had the two burn boys at Leinster. Nobody's really come up. Uh, Munster, what do you call him? Joey Carberry, he never really kicked on. He's, he's was, obviously who was, leaving. Who was one playing for Munster against um, Northampton? Crowley. 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 Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm. he looks he looks all right, but it's, it's big shoes to fill. And it's if there's going to be one thing that that Irish squad are going to really need, it's a fly after coming. What will be interesting is whether... Now, I don't know what Farrell's like as a coach, but will he give your man the keys for the Six Nations? Say, look, you're going to... As long as you're fit, you'll be starting all these games and stuff. So you give somebody... I know you can't come out and say something like that, but do you have a conversation being like, look, just, you know, get into your, get into your belt? Because you have a couple of, if you have a bad game or an off week and then they bring somebody else in, there's no, uh, you know, there's no continuity there, is there? Yeah, that's it. You need, uh, obviously you need to have faith in your players and, you know, the, the players I'm sure will back their coach's decision regardless of who it is, but, yeah, it's, a, it's you're baptism by fire there, straight in the deep end. It depends as well um, what um, Andy Farrell wants to get out of the Six Nations. Obviously, you want to go and play and win every game, but is he looking more like, you know, 2026, 2027? And then he goes, I want to see what, you know, each 10 can offer. And then maybe we don't win the Six Nations, but then next Six Nations, we win a Grand Slam and then we go to the World Cup and we do amazing. Or is it, no, Six Nations is the most important thing now. We're going to find our best 10. We play them every game and then we stick with him, like you say, consistent, give him some confidence. So um, what would you reckon he'll go for? Do you reckon more of the, we'll see what 10 works yes. or is it or is it we'll stick with one, like you say, Jack Crowley, we back him and we'll stick him for the, the, the five games? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's a tough one because uh, not to sit in the fence too much, but I think it will be a balancing act really. That's, mm. I mean, obviously you're not going to, forfeit and roll over a Six Nations yeah. opportunity that comes after the back of a Grand Slam especially uh, but you, you've got to have one eye in the future there and one mm. eye to the next World Cup and the next big goals he's got he's also got um, a Lions tour to pick for which I'm sure yeah. he's considering options about as well so yeah. over to you Eugene have you had a look at the uh, 
the the, the squad, bit of a shake-up, a lot of new names in there, yeah, isn't there? a lot of new names, of course. Uh, big thing, no Owen Farrell. Uh, of course, he's going over to, to Racing uh, 92. Wish him all the best of luck there. But uh, just be interesting what they do with the 10 position. I think uh, first game's away in Italy. So I think they might uh, put Marcus Smith uh, as fullback because um, you have a bit more time on the ball, uh, attack the space. And uh, I think they might start maybe 40 at 10. And then uh, Slade's going to be back in the squad, so he'll probably be in the centres. Uh, I mean, that's mad to think that Slade didn't go, Slade didn't go to the World Cup. No, did he? no, no. He um, in fairness to Borthwick, Joe Marchant, who was probably picked instead of him, I think played pretty much all the minutes he could. Um, and did pretty well. Having said that, Slade, you'd still want him in the squad. Yeah, he's mustered, any. He? He, he can cover so much. Plus being a, a left, left Well, there you go. Well, yeah, I mean, you see what he's too. doing for Exeter. I mean, yeah. he's he slotted last-minute kicks pretty much every week for the last <laughs> month. So it's, it's, it's interesting because, obviously, you've had Eddie Jones. He had his way of doing things, you know, for the last... Well, how, how long was he in the gig for? Four years? Well, six years, wasn't he? Well, no, he was in for seven years because they kicked him out a year before I woke up. That's right, that's right. That's, you know, that's a long old stint as a coach and there was a fairly predictable look to the squad whereas, you know, um, the squad is more representative of the teams that are going well in the Premiership. We talked about this yeah. earlier about Northampton. They've got seven boys in, which is good to see. So, you know, you know that all the players coming in are playing well, but I just don't see a lot of those lads getting a run. You know, I would love to come out and, and see a coach actually pick, you know, the the 15 form players, but that just doesn't happen because I, I know there's all this stuff with the RFU about the contracts and stuff like when you come in and change your squad, you can't, you can't just clean, clear shop, can you? You can't was, just pick, pick a new originally. one or something. I think that was for, for his, I think, first squad he ever picked in, in charge. He wasn't allowed to just, you know, pick 33 new players. He only was allowed to make, I think, I don't know, a handful of changes. But I think now he's pretty much free to pick okay. who he wants. He wants I mean, that's what he said. Squad, you, you look at the state of the squad, he said he's going to pick um, primarily on form, and he has done. If you look at the squad, the, the players that left out, weren't informed players that have been brought in right bolters or brought back all on form like your Slade Danny Cares and all them and and like you say all the the, the young boys from Northampton and, and and Bath and whatnot so um he is definitely it's very different as an England fan compared to what Eddie Jones I mean he he never really picked on form he he didn't really buy into that if you're good in the premiership you're going to be good at international so um it's definitely going to be interesting I think he's going to try and start something new with picking a new captain, Jamie George. And one of the first things he said is he really wants the England fans to to buy into this, to be a part of the team as well. Mm. So I think they are looking for a new look, maybe get the the younger players in and uh, with this new Welsh stroke uh, English winger now. Uh, it's quite it's quite interesting how fickle, not um, this isn't aimed at any of us in here, but how fickle people who watch rugby are because you think of the cop, the amount of flack that the England team were copping, you know, nearly losing to Fiji. Um, and all that sort of stuff. And then, you know, they've sort of crawled through the group stages of the World Cup, won that quarterfinal, semi-final. Uh, I don't think anybody would argue with me that they should have been in the World Cup final, you know, <laughs> because ultimately you, 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 you know, but again, you only played for 78 minutes or whatever and you, you didn't do enough against South Africa to, you know, and they're a hell of a team. Um, but, you know, on the flip side with, with Ireland, is there, is there, do you think there's still a bit of a hangover there from the World Cup? Um Going into it because I know what was funny was when you talked about yeah we won the grand you you, you said our your previous grand slam and I was like yeah there was a there was a pretty big tournament in the middle there Pete you forgot about, about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean is that. that is it that, that's a big missed opportunity I mean from the from you know watching the game 
I mean, it was a it it was a game that was worthy of a, a, a you know certainly a semi final if not a final. That game against New Zealand, it was we watched it after Bosnia, didn't we? And you yeah. just sat there watching, and it was just two teams knocking lumps out of each other. And I think you know as a you know we've all, we've played plenty of rugby. Can't you really appreciate a decent game of rugby? Much like the you know on the flip side, the South Africa England game, you know, um, two two cracking games. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what the if there is a hangover after the World Cup, Pete. Yeah, that's it. it. There's there hasn't been, I think, enough changes to completely erase the memory of it. Obviously, yeah. uh, obviously, there'll be players there who were a part of that team who lost who, that, that team who started um, against New Zealand. They'll be they'll feature heavily. Um, I, I think generally they're probably professional enough to you know kind of put it to the back of their minds a bit. But I mean. Something like that doesn't just disappear even after a couple of months. Yeah, it'll, it'll, I'm sure it'll still be chewing away at them, missed opportunities. I'm sure Andy Farrell will have some words about that as well. Yeah. It's, um, it's yeah, I can't imagine it's the they're they're not going to go out into this tournament to say, oh, we've got to right some wrongs here. I think they're playing now, playing for the future. Yeah. I don't think they're trying to go necessarily play to right the wrongs of the past. Yeah. And they've also got a really good um, captain in uh, Peter Amani as well. I think he's he's a really good guy for them to just, like you say, focus on Six Nations. Have, on a funny side, have you seen the funny video of him and uh, oh, Finley Beelham? That is funny. Where, where they're walking off the beach, yeah. he like grabs, grabs his hand and he's like, get off me! Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, um, he wouldn't yeah. be a big fan of the, no. the man love, I, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, but what, uh, what is his hobby again? What does he do? He's like gardening. a gardener. Yeah. On the pitch, he's like, you know, like yeah. a, a Spartan and then he goes home and just there like trimming yeah. the bushes. But I've, I've heard some stories where like lads will go down and absolutely wreck the garden and he, <laughs> he like... Whose house was it they went round after the Grand Slam win? Was it like, is it Gary Ringer? Gary Ringer's Gary Ring house yeah, and they yeah. all just, just pile off because I think he quit after like, the, I think it was day three of the with the piss up after the Grand Slam, and uh, he he didn't leave the house, so they all showed up to his house steaming. I mean, Brilliant. it's it's a hard one, you know. Farrell, you know, my man, he's an absolute legend of the game. He's picked him. He's going to skip of the team, but you got to look at um, what is he now? Is he thirty five? He's uh, thirty three, early thirties. Yeah, yeah. He's, I think he's older than that, fellas. Is he, is he older than that? Pull up how old Peter Aman is. I'm pretty sure he's thirty three. Has is he going to make it to another World Cup? Well, I was thinking this. I think maybe he's got until the Lions tour. Uh, yeah. I, I think after that, it'll be... He's 34, 35 in September. Early 30s, Eugene. What do you uh, know? Oh, come on. Um, but yeah, you know, but yeah, you're picking on form and he's a... Um, like with Munster, he said that... So what they've done, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but they, he's not captain of Munster. Yeah, so they've right. got someone younger as captain and he's still there so that he doesn't just leave and then suddenly they've got to go poof we yeah. need a new captain so he said that he found it really helpful with like players like Paul O'Connell and stuff like that there's helping a, him there's another good video from a couple of weeks ago where uh, you know uh, Munster under a bit of pressure on the line and you know come up talk to the referee try and take this thing out and he's like you know, you're not, and he like walks up and the ref's like you're not captain anymore and he's just like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. touche <laughs> but no it's, it's it could be what, what um, Ireland's doing as well a bit like you say if he's say captain official for the next two years until the Lions tour and then maybe in the meantime other players I don't know who would who would step up they've got Probably a few James, Tim and James Ryan or someone James like Ryan, that James Ryan um, and stuff like that even like someone like Caelan Doris I mean he's going to be you're looking at players that are going to be starting every game and it's it's them uh, 
them types of players. Obviously, you'll have a scrum, Eugene. Any 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 bits to watch out for in the uh, in the England scrum? A few new faces in yeah, there, but there's a lot a of new faces. At least we got, uh, of course, with uh, Vinopola leaving, uh, a few guys not anchoring it. But the back row will be quite interesting to to see who they put put in uh, put in there. I think Benel will definitely anchor it at eight. He's class, isn't he? And, uh, he's yeah, very good player. Will he play eight? Will he? Will, will is, he not get? That's the thing. It's always the question. With it. I haven't got a Scooby Doo, by the way. What they're going to do with the the back row for England? Because it's always the question of: Are we putting a lock in at six and then two flankers yeah. at seven and eight, or are we going to play two locks and then? Whether well, it's going to be a Toji and Chesham at, at, at yeah. the locks, and then uh, I reckon that Alex Coles might end up starting at six. The, the Northampton, yeah. Because Borthwick's a Northampton. line Northampton out North, right? And he's not gonna he's not gonna be happy with a team that doesn't have a hundred percent line out. So he's gonna put a lock or a lock flanker at six, I reckon. And then you've only got two spots left. Yeah. So the other thing is uh, with the front row, Cam Dickey's pulled out through injury. I saw so that. I think yeah. that's gonna give uh, Theo Dana uh, a bench. I position, think that's all right. Which though, is because something to go forward. Yeah, because Cowan Dickey, like, I mean, he's not on great form. He's injury prone, and he's not going to be around forever. Whereas Theo Dan's got another. Say it to his face. <laughs> yeah, he's got another ten years to his career at least. Theo Dan. So and he performed and he's, well in the he's, World Cup. He's probably our the best form hooker in the Premiership at the minute. Arguably better than Jamie George. <sighs> Controversial. And they but, but no, Harris, I, they? I would still start Jamie George for an international for sure. But gents, we did this last time. I'll do a social media post with our predictions for the Six Nations. Eugene, what have you got for me? Who's who's winning the the, Are we going, uh, uh, the one through uh, wooden spoon? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's yeah. only one right answer, yeah. Eugene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, my heart says uh, England could do it. Yeah, the boys. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with England uh, because they've got. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, can we just there. take a moment to just uh, notice that Pete Barton's face is just screwed up into yeah. a raisin as, as Eugene has said well, I that. Think, uh, I think Ireland <laughs> will uh, living in different take worlds, uh, yeah. second position. Yeah. Um, Sorry, are England getting the grand slam or what, Eugene? Um, just say they'll lose against Wales, and that will keep Jarvis happy. No, I think I think they they I think they will they will win it, but I don't think they'll get a grand slam. I think they're gonna they're gonna slip up somewhere, probably against Ireland um, <laughs> or France or Scotland or all of them. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> stop stop Sorry. stop distracting him. Number three, so, uh, number three. I'm going with France, uh, four Scotland, five Wales, and uh, six Italy, but just okay. Just. Peter, what do you got for me? Um. Yeah, heart and head saying different things. Um, but I think it's gonna be a France Grand Slam. Ooh, you reckon Grand Slam? Yeah, I think uh, having Ireland at home, they'll they'll edge it. But we were just talking about that their home games are not in the Stade de France because it's getting. They're uh, still in uh, France, so they should be. Yeah, all right, but they're yeah. small. They're I think twenty thousand people, twenty five and thirty, or. 25 and 35 so they're a lot smaller than what it would normally be apart the prince isn't it mm. Yeah. Mm. number two Ireland yep okay Ireland two uh, let's go England three Scotland four Italy five yeah Wales oh. <laughs> Wales I'm, I'm just saying that, like to point to that, Peter's put Wales uh, wooden spoon twice in a row now, <laughs> last year as yep. well. So. <laughs> Nothing personal, lads. Oh, no, just... um, yeah, well, thanks a lot for uh, for joining us this evening. I'm going to get the rest of the uh, the lads in and we can have a proper good old-fashioned laugh about uh, the world of rugby uh, and tell some uh, the funny stories out there. And Unfortunately, some stories we can't tell, as we know, um, but um, just got to put on another banger here. Um... Can you tell me what documentary this is off? 
once he gets into it. I don't think I'm that old. <laughs> Deadliest catch, mate. Come on, sort it out. Right, we'll Deadliest be back after catch. Deadliest catch, man. You got some homework to do. Absolute banger there. Bon Jovi, dead or alive, gents. Thank you once again for uh, for coming back in. Uh, we've got our predictions in. Uh, we don't have to worry about Scotland or Italy because they're going to be like fifth and sixth anyway, aren't they? So we'll uh, we'll not worry about that. Um, I guess the funny the funniest thing is all of us um, have all done a stint at RCL. Some days, Eugene. Some of us longer longer than others. So there's a quite a nice little timeline here of. Uh, of uh, of of of, uh, of players from uh, from over the last couple of years, Eugene. What's your uh, what's your big memory from playing uh, with RCL um, over the years? Probably uh, when we were in Munich, uh, I was playing with uh, JB when we won. We won the game the last ten seconds to go up uh, back into BL one or back into BL one, I should say. Um, yeah, it was a little chip through, and they scored. And he scored in the last. I uh, was that um, Francisco Ptolemy. Yeah, he did the chip through for moustache. To, uh, yeah, moustache. I, I remember what, there's a video actually you can watch of that. And the only thing I remember of that is not actually the chip through. And the score is Francois screaming in the bloke's face after they'd uh, after they'd won it. Oh, good times. What about yourself, JB? Any good memories? I mean, yeah, it's like I played for 10, 7 years for us here. So, yeah, a lot of memories. Uh, I think one of the nice one was with the second team actually, uh, where we play in Mainz and we show up with only thirteen player, <laughs> no subs, nothing, <laughs> and we won. Yeah. And uh, we had a challenge before the game was like to do a, a fourteen man line out. We did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And the first one was was uh, was even better. We say, regardless where is the first penalty, we take the point. I remember Stu Logier telling me about this. Yeah, <laughs> Stu Logier took the, took the kick from like our own twenty two. <laughs> and the ref uh, telling telling him like. You are, you have to try to score. You cannot like do a, a small a small kick for yourself. <laughs> you have to try to score, and he kick and the guy like catch the ball like on his I think on the fifty here uh, on the fifty. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds a bit like Stu. That sounds like Stu kicking and drop the ball for hard to get the scrum. <laughs> it was a good. Uh, a I love it when a plan memory. comes together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember when you were you saying about going up with uh, a shorter team. We had one my, in my first year over here, so it would have been. 2017 and we I actually couldn't play and we went up to play Munster rugby to our team Munster and we 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 had a good uh, like as always with RCL we always had a serious starting lineup you know we didn't really have a bench no disrespect to anybody if you're on the bench these days um and we sent the team up and Oh, I don't care, chucking him under the bus anyway. Alex Romaro didn't turn up. <laughs> <laughs> so we um yeah we sent fourteen players up. I think we still won sixty nil or something or fifty nil. Absolutely thumped them, and then um it turned out um that because we hadn't started with fifteen players, the game actually got conceded to them. Right, so but we didn't hear about this for quite a while, and we were look we we it was. It was good time that Bundesliga too because you had probably four teams who were crap, and then you had ourselves who were pushing to go up. You had Hausen, and we had some ding dongs against Hausen back in the day. You had Köln as well, yeah, and then Aachen as well. Aachen, yeah, there you go. There's a good one there. And um, yeah, so we had some. You know, you we had to get a decent team out, and I think of all the guys, scary. I don't think any of us are still playing now. I think everyone's 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 done and dusted, but. What what actually happened? Yeah, <laughs> sorry, mate. I, I forgot about you. Then. No, I'm really Um But what actually happened was later on in the season, we had to, we had two games left in the season, and Munster basically rearranged their fixture to come to us, but we'd already finished top of the stack with two games in hand. So I basically said, you won't be needed to play for these games. So all the heavyweights like my man and. Jarvis over here were obviously given given time off to play and then we were like okay so we went up to Hausen made a decent fist of it with the twos they had a good crack up there and then something happened with that return Munster match where we basically nobody was around on the weekend and when I say we were ringing up every Tom, Dick and Harry <laughs> we actually finished the game Jarvis was playing 12 and Guillaume Tevno was playing outside centre as well we drew 43 all <laughs> and they well, were like I, the, no I started at 12 that game oh, I was couldn't it? finish because yeah, I separated my oh that's that right game. that's right but that's when we were like we so had missed the tackle I had to go yeah oh, classic <laughs> NT classic <laughs> NT but we were we were warming up for the game and we only had 14 players didn't we? We were missing one, and who was the player that turned up at the last minute to play the game? Alex Romaro again. Hey. Um, and yeah, you know, in hindsight, that would have absolutely sunk us because luckily we, we we did all right, and then we went on and got promoted. But if we hadn't done that, then we would have forfeited another game, and that would have been us. You know, um, oh, that was very funny. What about yourself, Jarvis? 
a lot of good memories. Some of them probably not appropriate to speak about. It's not eight o'clock yet. As well. to speak about. I mean, I, I got because I'm standing next to you, Eugene. I've got to probably say the word. Oh <laughs> mate, I know this one that's coming as well. When we get out of here, I'm going to message Oshin straight away. <laughs> it was it was Oshin's uh, big South African friend. No, it wasn't. Oh. What's his name? Where's he from? Lebanon. Firas. Oh yeah. Firas. Yeah. He yeah. was mates with Joe Zyden, yeah. wasn't he? Number eight. Yeah. yeah. Very big guy. Oh god. What? Like what? Actually, have you remember this as well? Huh? I got. Did you? Got yeah, you will. Tap. Who? Someone no, quick no, He. It was him. It was <laughs> him. He tapped and went. <laughs> it was you. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. So. There's a quick tap. We were five. Five meters. I'll, I'll give this context. We're playing housing. Big game. Um. They. They were probably the favorite. Well, we we thought we were the favorites. They were certainly up there and we were playing we had a good game and we, we had all this momentum and we got a penalty five metres out and they weren't set so JB <laughs> tapped it right I'll never forget your face when this happened tapped it passed it to Eugene this is right in the corner oh, right in front of the booth yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and oh my Eugene I'm sorry mate but I have never seen a collision like it when you talk about getting put in the coffin mate this bloke flew out like if JB had passed to any no disrespect this guy had lined you up mate but if it had gone if uh, yeah exactly if it had gone in front of you or, or, or behind you or to the other side I think we would have scored but mate this bloke has flown out of line and he has hit Eugene and it's proper in the coffin mate bang legs up in the air and I actually remember because I was running over because it was a tap penalty so I was running over and as he got hit JB just turned around and went oh, like this <laughs> just like, it, was, it, was oh one, it was one of those it was one of those oh shots oh my god on the rugby that's possible the only time you ever passed the Eugene ever was it? Oh. it it was one of those shots where you're playing we've all been there right you're playing rugby there are those shots that come in from the opposition and you're all sort of in there right there's a bit of handbags we'll, you know we'll rough the guy up a bit because he's put a big shot in one of your players but then there's like a level up above that yeah, yeah. Like, oh, shit. oh my <laughs> god this shot none of us <laughs> went near him <laughs> you've got to just be like yeah. man that's right. a shot uh, mate, for the rest of the game you're like right where is that number eight because I am not going to do that no Eugene to be fair you took it but Mike I will I never forget that, that. You contact sports. yeah you yeah touche touche but yeah that was uh, oh, that was funny I was knew you'd remember that one JB I knew you'd remember that one god that's back in the early days but Pete just to, to wrap things up uh, what about yourself any big memories out there uh, obviously yeah, not from this season it's crap you're not no, playing any no, matches no, no. is it um, from yeah two years ago first so my first season in uh, in RCL we had a a game in one of the Heidelberg teams where pretty close game um, they started to pull away a wee bit uh, so we're thinking right it's, let's change momentum here we end up getting a penalty about five meters out uh matt dennis mate this is incredible you'll love this as well. i remember that i know this one as well this is one of the best things <laughs> i've ever seen ever he's he's like he's hard enough he's getting a bit pissed off he he lines up the biggest lad on the pitch it was their big uh like the german the tight head the, the massive massive tight head yeah taps and goes picks it up runs forward Come on, big boy. Yeah, yeah. Gets lit up, <laughs> spills the ball, yeah. they get run to the end. Yeah, you don't run and score, but oh. I, I, just, I just look him out in the ground and he's, he's like, yeah, good shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't a come on, big boy. It was a proper, come on, big boy. Yeah. 
<laughs> as he ran it in. Oh, there's lots of brilliant, brilliant stories we've all had um, had over the years and stuff like that. Um, and it's yeah, we're very lucky that we can all. I mean, we're all going off on our different ways. We've all got our families and stuff, but it's really cool that we can all link up here um, and try and you know reminisce. And hopefully, we can we can grab a few years. JB, you've 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 been out of the loop for quite a while now in terms of uh, in, ter- in terms of rugby. Yeah. You know, if there were like veterans tournaments, would that interest you or something like that? No, no. not in this <laughs> I played for too long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nice to have a break from it. Uh, what about yourself, Jarvis? Would you ever get back into it, or is that you done? Maybe like a testimonial or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be honest, the body just can't do it anymore. I, I've I've loved playing rugby, but I'm really enjoying being a fan these days. Um, something new and interesting about that as well. Fair enough, Eugene. You're still 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 alive yeah, and kicking, yeah, mate, aren't still, you? Still going, playing with the boys. So uh, looking forward. Was that was that on the on the agenda to get a run out with the lads then? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's always been my my goal. I've already played with Joshy and Eugene Louis a few times now. So uh, yeah, once they're back, once we get some games coming in, once the Bundesliga decide what they're doing, it'll be it'll be good. certainly cherish that, mate. Well, if any if any of us could have half as long a career as you, you know, we'd be uh, we doing well. Uh, Pete, you're still a young gun, you know. <laughs> yeah, about you, generally, I think. Obviously, well, you, you've uh, you've been you've been in camp with the the national team now. So, how how far away is that? Obviously, touch wood, you know, and all that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, um, all things going well. Um, I should qualify sort of end of twenty twenty five. So, still a still a bit of a schlep to go. But. Yeah, no, fair enough. Mm-hmm. Well, gents, it's been an absolute pleasure um, having you all on. Thank you so much. It's great to actually see um, see you all. Uh, lots of funny stories as I said the best part is when we get into the car park afterwards and we can say it without worrying about uh, any of our language or anything like that Um, as always you uh, can uh, link up with us again for show 166 on Wednesday we always give a huge shout out to the army of volunteers out there who make our sporting world tick whether it's from washing kit refereeing matches coaching driving the kids to training whatever it is keep doing what you're doing and keep these kids engaged in sport you can check out the rest of the team tomorrow from 6 a.m. You've got Sam Steen. You've then got Stephen Steps Low um, at lunchtime and Melissa Dalton with a home stretch. Don't forget Dave Burrows and his DB3 sessions. And then you've also got Sarah Tapp with the Hangover Show. Don't have as many hangovers these days. Imagine if they'd had a Hangover Show back in the day. <laughs> just, just can't sleep thinking about it. You've also got the Country Music Show, which is being done by our two American colleagues. So if you fancy that, get in comms. Until next week, gents, it is Cher. Cher. Let's talk sport with RTL Today Radio.